guy, Kieran's a guy, and they're the albums. Hello, and welcome back to the albums podcast. I'm Kieran. And I'm Declan. And hopefully you've been following since last episode. So last episode was the Midnight Marauders Disintegration uh, Podcast. By The Cure. Yeah, yep. The Cure. And then after that, Declan gave me to listen to uh, was London Calling by The Clash. Yep. And I gave Declan uh, Vampire Weekend's eponymous album. Do you want to start off? Let's do, well, what we did last time was like, we did like general takes and then we did like, got, like yeah, yeah, yeah. we got track by track. So uh, I think I went general first last time, didn't I? Yes. So I, I think so. you okay. can start this time. Yeah, I'll go general. general. So I definitely had heard some of the more important, some more famous songs off the album. Mm-hmm. So like Cape Cod, Kwasa Kwasa, I, I had heard, and uh, but it was interesting. I didn't know that was the name. I just remember hearing it. And then, of course, A-Punk. Of course. I think I kind of mentioned it possibly on the last podcast, but I remember A-Punk from playing uh, Lego Rock Band. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, of course, I'm fairly familiar with Vampire Weekend, big fan of their most recent album, Father of a Bride. Yeah, so this is my first time definitely listening to it straight through this album. And the one thing that was cool that you brought up was that the whole idea of the Lost Boys remake in New England. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you can talk <laughs> um, about that. Yeah, so what we ended up doing was Declan had seen that film before. I just knew the fact, and then he, yeah, uh, yeah we decided to watch it, I think, the same day. That, that night, that yeah. That night. It was us and your roommate. Yeah, and we went and we watched it, and let me tell you, I was not a fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just too, it, it was really goofy, and I was expecting it to be a lot serious, more serious. So, uh yeah, I mean, it's still, I think it's still a culturally significant film and people should watch it. But like, yeah. I, it was like, I felt like I was like, uh, uh, a side story, but like, that, whatever. It was like, like, you remember the Goosebumps show, like early yeah, 2000s? Yeah. Um, I remember my older brother loved the show and I would watch it with him and I was like kind of a, kind of a, a, a wimp when it came to that stuff when I was younger. <laughs> and like those Goosebumps episodes would like freak me out. I'd be so scared. I remember... Yeah, one day my uncle came to visit and he watched it with us and literally had a room. He had to leave the room because he was laughing so hard because he thought they were so dumb and like that's silly. Funny. And that's kind of how I felt about Lost Boys. Yeah, it was definitely visually good, but you know this isn't a movie podcast. Let's get back. Yeah, get back. To- but yeah, no, that was funny because I I think I remember you said you're like I can't believe one of my favorite albums is made after this movie. <laughs> and, I, and I had always thought because uh, so I watched my father had shown me it and I remember watching it with my father and my uncle. And I, I like love the soundtrack, love the movie. I thought the movie was so funny, but then showing it to you, like, like your roommate Phil got a kick out of it. Oh, he, but, he did but enjoy you, it. You yeah. were, <laughs> I was, uh, I was kind of a stick in the mud the whole time. <laughs> yeah, um, it was really interesting to look into kind of how, where the ideas these songs came from. Mm-hmm. So um, when. The writing was done for this album mainly most of it was when they were in their senior year at columbia so it was interesting to kind of look into those aspects because us being in college it's very interesting to kind of think about like oh those are somewhat similar situations and stuff like that and then it was also cool to think about how like how vampire weekend has developed Mm -hmm. because especially i think their their last song on the album what is it? The kids, kids right. the kids don't stand That's a chance. chance. Yeah, that that song sounds a very similar to kind of the tone they have for their uh, for their most recent album, yeah. where it's a yeah. little bit less um, 
high frequency, I would say. Like a lot yeah. of their other songs are so unique and so well done, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they they're very high range on the guitar. Where that one is a little bit is a little bit lower, which is unique to see. But yeah, yeah I, I was a big fan, and it was really cool to look through so many of those songs. And you'll be you'll be interested to see what uh, my favorite song is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a little um, throw a little bit <laughs> of a twist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, stemming off of that, I do. I really like yeah all Vampire Weekend's dis- discography, and like you said, it's it's really uh, interesting to see them it develop over time. Like I think really any artist is to see their their mindset as well as their like, their skill and stuff develop. And I think one big thing about the difference about the first album, and the last album, of course. Um, I I, I want to be careful about like not just saying the exact same stuff I said uh, when I introduced it last yeah. episode, but um, uh, one of there, there's like four key members, and the two of the main. Um, there's two main songwriters, uh, Ezra yeah. Koenig, and then I really hate that I don't know this guy's name that well. If you <laughs> want, like I can break out break out my uh, laptop if you want um, for more down the line. Or, but yeah, I know what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. It was the other guy that was at Columbia, yeah, yeah. and yeah, and so he was there with them for the first three albums, then left, and so the last album is kind of like uh, exclusively written by Ezra Koenig. Yeah, um, maybe he had some collaboration on one or two songs, but yeah, he was the primary has now become the primary songwriter, and so yeah. that's see that in a lot of like creative things you see where there's like a duo working and one one of them leaves and you see the the path they take. You say you can then track out like their influences in the earlier parts. So since this Harmony Hall one is now such you know much brighter much father the bride album is much uh yeah more upbeat and more like uh acoustic-y and like kind of like yeah. experimental yeah this first album he has that in there but you can see that where it's been like contradicted and mm-hmm. then uh yeah there's like been outside influences and it's been developed in a different way yeah. not saying one's better than the other but um i i like that um yeah yeah definitely during that track we'll put a pin in that for a second of course so yeah, the, uh, the London, London Calling. calling. Oh yeah. my goodness! Oh my goodness! So I, again, for if I said this last time, I'm probably gonna say that so many times. I have to edit out me saying I probably said this last time. But <laughs> yeah, one of the albums that was in my dad's collection that I remember when I was very young, I took out and wanted to listen to. Because yeah, what I would do is I would just like grab a uh, CD and then listen to it, like put in my CD player, listen to it nonstop. That's how I was exposed to a lot of stuff. One of them at the time that I saw I liked was London, uh, the London Calling one, which, yeah, you look at the cover, and it's the bass player just smashing, smashing the bass, yeah. which is, you know, so in black and white, too. And, like, I remember he he legitimately, like, like kind of that picture kind of scared me when I was little because, <laughs> like, his back is so arch. Like, it, it, yeah. he looks like a gargoyle, you know? <laughs> like, it's, it's yeah, yeah. he looks like a monster. Like, I actually was like, that's a human? Like, oh, my God. So, and, you know, and I was like, oh, yeah, punk rock, punk rock, rock and roll, dude. I like it. You know, I was definitely drawn to it. And I knew London Calling, the first song off of it, because, uh, you know, I heard it played throughout. You know, it's um, yeah, definitely one of the many uh, commercially uh, successful songs off this album. That's Yeah, that's still around, uh, played today. I Yeah, I put it in, and, I you know, I knew the song about the first song. And I remember the rest of the album, I, I didn't really like. I did, I, like, at first when I was little, yeah. I didn't get into it, because I was expecting the whole thing to be just as, like, hard and punk as the first song was. And then, yeah. but what is really so I think so cool about the clash is that yeah it's hard hard rock and or it's like like this punk rock band that's known for like you know doing hard drugs smashing you know well, they're things. actually they're anti drug actually well I mean but I understand what you're saying well, living living hard living yeah. hard yeah well well I mean the drummer topper yeah that's did, right he, that's right he did drugs um and they all kind of like smoked yeah what, and like drink okay. I digress. <laughs> they they were they were run of the mill for rock stars when it came to drug use. They they weren't crazy though, and they definitely had um 
They definitely had uh, as, we had, they had, as like, opposed standards. to the other famous band at the time, the Sex Pistols. They were oh, yeah. anti. They were anti drug <laughs> compared to them. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. He yeah, the drummer ended up getting kicked out because he's doing too many drugs, which is yeah. you know a respectable choice. I, I like that. So, but let's <laughs> yeah. I got to be careful that they're the Clash is going to sue me over like defamation. <laughs> Being like this, yeah, hard hard rock punk band also had so many influences from like reggae and like ska. Oh yeah, because you know, it's like. You know, you go in expecting, and then some of them start, and then you hear that offbeat guitar and that offbeat this, yeah. and then like the or there's like organ in some songs, and some are just groovy, and it's this is like their uh, I believe their third studio album, and it yes. was like, you know, very uh, you could tell that at this point they were comfortable with going beyond just what people wanted to hear, and they wanted to make something that they liked, they thought was again culturally significant as well as yeah you know, many political messages throughout these, which. Uh, some of these I'm definitely not reading into as much because I am not a British person and don't know their history <laughs> yeah. that well. Uh, yeah. But one thing that I think I, I talked about when I gave you the album, the Stay Free podcast, and then you had yes. told me you'd listen yes. to that. So the Stay Free podcast, for those that don't know, is a, a Spotify podcast. Uh, it's actually made by Spotify. Uh, I forget his name. It's one of the guys from Public Enemy. He makes a podcast yeah. talking about, which I mean, he has a great voice. Like I love that. He's a great podcast um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, he goes through the entire history of the Clash up until after, like from the f- the first band that Joe Strummer was in to after Joe Strummer's death, and then uh, yeah. yeah, and it's really in depth and really gave me a new um, perspective on this album and the music that they made. So I would definitely recommend it, especially if you don't know about it and you like the Clash music, or really if you're just into yeah. that at all. I mean, it was it was really good. So yeah, overall. So now, re- so I listened to it maybe two or three times before I listened to the podcast. I listened to the podcast, and then that really like threw me into like a huge like clash phase. Like I like really, oh yeah, I really got yes. Yeah, so I listened to that. I started listening to some of their other albums. I started you know, I I, I broke out my guitar and started trying to learn some of the different songs. <laughs> and it's like yeah, it made me want to be a rock and roll star. Yeah, uh, yeah, really really a cool kind of a history lesson. I guess I learned. Um, it really is. Yeah, my first couple takes on that. Yeah. Anything you... I don't think there's anything I would like to add. I think we, you kind of touched on all of it. Uh, do you want me to start talking about Vampire Weekend, or do you um, want to... Let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's okay. do that, and then we'll just cool. pad for time if we need it. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Real quick, one thing I l- learned while doing some research on this is beyond... The idea that Ezrig was trying to do a movie based on Lost Boys in New England. He also wrote a bunch of short stories as a senior, and the album was called Cape Cod Quasa Quasa. And I like read a blog post about some guy who had read it. Apparently, it's it's really just a bunch of like drug induced stories. <laughs> like there was one I remember reading. It was like like a Jamaican a drug trip, and you like recited like history from 1491 to the present day and it was uh, it was something that was kind of whack so let's get started so first song off the alpha album is called mansard roof yes. uh which is actually a type of roof it's one of those ones that's like kind of gets steeper down okay. but, like the farther you get away from the top of the roof one of the really cool things is i believe they use a, the guitar as like an electric drum in a sense like the mm-hmm. way like throughout the whole album it is seen that uh well it's heard that the guitar is used very much very much as a per- percussion instrument 
more than it as it's usually used in some songs. Yeah. This song really starts off the album with that idea. So the electric, the guitar is so good in this song, uh, just so unique throughout the whole album, but especially is shown in this song. This song, I don't really understand the message, don't really know what it's talking about. It seems that they're really just talking about yeah. roofs and buildings <laughs> and I think like hot garbage on your yeah. feet. And it, their songs are tend to be like two stanzas and then you just repeat those two stanzas yeah, for this yeah. first album. I think it's um yeah, this first album definitely picks up a lot. I think a lot of it is supposed to be um going back to the movie. I think they're trying to pick out scenes as well as specific events and plot points throughout the movie that they would have had. And so I get my uh I, this is speculation, but um I would say like for Mansard Roof, that's just kind of what they would think their like opening shot is of the movie. Like you, like you open and it's on a Mansard Roof in yeah. New England. Uh, definitely not, you know, uh, a, a poignant me- message or anything. It's just kind of a fun. That's what I really like about this album is that it's not too heavy, it doesn't get you down. And yeah. sure, I mean, of course, there's like a time and place for like songs that have political meaning. You know, definitely from <laughs> that one I gave you last time, and then uh, this one now. Uh, let me yeah. like you know those those have message real world, but it was fun. Uh, what I like about this is kind of it's kind of a breakaway. It's not trying to do anything different. Like. It's not trying to, um, uh, at least to me. I guess some. I'll, I guess I'll figure out. They all have like some. It's, it's kind meaning, of. But. It's instead of using words to display like a meaning and stuff like that. It just gives off a vibe. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. yeah. So, but uh, that's that's interesting because the mansard roof kind of like design is similar to that of Cape Cod houses. Yeah. Yeah. Next one is Oxford comma one of my, one of my favorites off the album. It's oh, it's it's, really it's, it's um. It's a sleeper, definitely. Um, so the Oxford comma is a part after, it's a comma after every list. So if you were to say, like, I have a dog, cat, and a fish, it would be dog, Oxford comma, cat, Oxford comma, and then, yeah. Well, no, I think the Oxford comma is just the one before the and. Oh, is it? Because that's what, because the people argue okay, whether or not okay. to use it. Because cause you say, like, oh, come on, you know who's coming to my party? We have Declan, a clown, and a magician. But if I don't, the the argument is that if I don't okay. have the extra one, I'm referring to you as a clown and a magician, as opposed to just saying I have three separate people coming. Oh, so okay, it, I never understood. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I all okay. Well, in that case, that's why I that's why it says who gives a fuck about an Oxford comma because people yeah. get really angry about it. You know, like yeah. all English majors. That's uh, right. Yeah, like who? Yeah, yeah. Like why are we telling it? The interesting thing is it has nothing to do with an Oxford comma besides like that one line. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of talking about like a girl that's being mean and um, lying because it says like, why would you do that to me or something, something along yeah. those lines to it. The music video is really weird, but it's yeah, cool. Yeah. It's like broken down into chapters. Um, it, it was very interesting. Um, definitely a, a good watch. Yeah. So. That was that I lo- really liked that song. This song's definitely a vibe, sweet spot on my playlist. I think, that now. Was, I think that's actually one of the first songs Ezra ever wrote. Oh, really? I, yeah, I saw some interviews with him, and that one was the first one he he yeah he did that with like he he got the chords on the piano, and that that was I think he had written songs before that, but he said that was the first one that he wrote that really felt like the first yeah. part of Vampire Weekend. Yeah, and it the song is very Vampire Weekend because mm-hmm. one of the things that really sticks out is the guitar. And it, it's like he's picking the chords. He's probably like two frets away, from, so it's it's like it's really high, but it's it's very clear and it sounds very good. So yeah, that's really it for that song. I liked right. I like it a lot though. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, so the next song is there. 
arguably most famous song off the album. I, actually, I don't even think it's arguably. It is their most famous A-punk? song off the album. A-Punk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was in like movies and stuff. It's still used. So yeah, cool. I think it probably has still been used in commercials of like, recent, probably. Yeah, it's still in like their top, I think, five of I all think it. I think I ch- saw it was number four. Uh, well, we, like we, Spotify listed, it's not always by plays. So oh, that's it's right. Like, it, I think kind of ranks like more recent as opposed oh, that's right. I, I'm... I'm not. I'm not even gonna look it up. I'm just gonna yeah. say like I can guarantee okay. it's the yeah. most popular song. Yeah. But yeah, so the music for this one, music video for this one, that was actually when Kieran gave me this. I remember watch pulling up that music video like right away. But that's a very is very interesting music video. The cool thing is like again, this song has a lot of the, the sharp, quick use of the guitar. The music video, the way the guys in the band kind of move, uh, like mimics that, which is yeah. cool. As to message-wise, I don't really understand what they're talking about either. I tried to sum it up as basically like a girl steals a ring from a judge, and then the judge moves to New Mexico and, like, plays the harmonica. Yeah. And then, <laughs> but the guitar's good. That's literally yeah. my next note. It's that be, part, and then the guitar's good, though. Yeah. I've got to be real. I've listened to this album probably at least a hundred times and you've looked into the lyrics way more than I ever have because yeah. I've always I've always been thinking <laughs> that face value just because already he just has a weirdly goofy voice and one thing I yeah. like um, very unique voice yeah. yeah and one thing with so yeah certain bands like that where like at first you don't really understand what they're saying yeah. and it just kind of becomes its own language because you start to like focus on the phonetics of it as yeah. opposed to what they're actually saying mm-hmm. and then it just sort of has a different like kind of foreign weird feel and that's kind of how I listen to Vampire Weekend and another yeah. um, band that does it like, like Hippocampus Oh yeah. For example, like Buttercup, yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, that song, which I would recommend to people, uh, uh, people to listen to. Um, so it's yeah, it's very like he's very fast and it's hard to listen to. Yeah. And then it it was like yeah, it was just sounds to me for a while and it felt like it felt like it felt weird and I liked it. And then I looked up the lyrics actually, and then now I can't. Yeah, you know, it, it feels it's a different experience now. It is that you know it, and so that's kind of how I've always uh, yeah. embraced that uh, the Vampire Weekend it's albums. Kind- is, yeah. It, it's yeah. kind of like the uh the pumped up kicks kind of yeah, yeah. idea like everyone's like oh like everyone's saying all the other kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then as soon as you sing it, you go, and then you're like, wait, this is run. about this is not a good song. Like, oh, I I, I don't want to be singing this song. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is um, not a person I identify yeah. with. So then the next song off the album is Cape Cod Quasa Quasa. So kind of talk about this one a good amount, because uh, this is kind of the main thing about the idea of and a movie in Cape Cod about Lost Boys. But this one's really unique because I I could see where it would fit into an idea about Lost Boys where this one this song really talks about how there's a, a girl that's like a sheltered rich girl how like sleeping with her feels unnatural um and it it's just like it, it feels like it, it makes it seem like he thinks because she's so rich, lives this weird life. That's that's why she's unnatural. But like you could yeah, see, like, yeah. but she's a vampire. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and that and that's a plot twist. But but it's interesting because there is like a similar, not similar. There's a sleeping scene in Lost Boys where you could see like this could easily mimic that plot, fit in yeah, well, yeah, yeah. and the idea of a sheltered person, especially a sheltered person from Massachusetts and Columbia is shown in in two other songs. Uh yeah, in two other songs. So I'll I'll talk about that later. But I like this song a lot. Like I hadn't listened to it in a long time until I had checked out the album after you um recommended it to me. 
And then once I heard it, I was like, oh, yeah, like, I, I love this song. Like, I've heard it like a bajillion times, but mm-hmm. I just had never thought that the name was Cape Cod Quasquasa. But, it, yeah. That's also um, a bit of a, a, a feature as well as a drawback to this album is that, uh, for me, it's also very hard to remember the names of each song. Oh, like, yeah. I, like, I know the song lyrics by heart, mm-hmm. and, I'll, yeah, I'll sing along with them or whatever. Like, I, and I know, yeah, I know it yeah, backwards and forwards. Yeah. Um, like, I heard the, but I actually, for some of these, I just don't know what the names of the songs are. So yeah. some of these, like, you start talking about them, and I go, okay, which one is that again? Which one is that? Because it's like, it, it's one of those weird things where... Yeah, I just, I mean, maybe it's just a thing I do, but I'll... I'll... No, no, I, I would I would definitely agree. I think, like, the only song where you would easily know the name is A-Punk, just from hearing it so yeah, many times, yeah. and Oxford Comma, because it's, like, the most memorable yeah. line in the song. And maybe Blake's got a new face, but, like... Well, that's not even the name of the song. It's named it, one. Wait, is it really? Yeah. Oh, is it parentheses? Yeah, yeah. That's oh, yo, I... <laughs> yeah. That's too, funny. Touche, touche. <laughs> That's that's really funny. That that's funny you brought that up. You can't. Sorry for anyone who we just broke their eardrums because I just looked over at the volume and yeah, we were, were like screaming into the mics. Yeah, it's uh, it will come with time. We're in a new studio right now, so hopefully the quality is better. But we are it's too good. I, we're actually in a studio opposed to Kieran's bedroom. Yeah. So well, yeah. First one was in Declan's bedroom. Second one was in my bedroom. Oh, that's bedroom, right. That's right. And now we're like, hey, what if we? Went to like the actual local recording studio and recorded this. Yeah. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. Next song, M79. So this one's really cool. It features kind of more of the, a violin and drums as well as like a, a piano that's set to the steel drum-esque setting. So it was pretty, pretty unique. But uh, the M79 is a bus that goes from the west, upper west side to the upper east side. A, it kind of talks about like your trip home in in a sense where it yeah, says like yeah. you're on the bus and then you go to your dorm you see the French kids on the second floor or the, or you see the French kids when you enter and then the Buddha on the second floor and something like that. But one of the things that one of the lyrics that stuck out to me was a racist dream you shouldn't have. It it makes no sense in the in context of the <laughs> song, but it, it's it's an interesting concept uh, yeah. which I thought was cool. But then another part was they kind of he mentions the Kyber Pass, which is like a area that this was on the Silk Road, which is in, so throughout these songs, there's some things where you're like, OK, Columbia, like, you, yeah, we, exactly, we didn't exactly. need that. That part added no <laughs> yeah, context. Yeah. This part arguably does add context, because if you're talking about a bus that goes from the west side to the east side. It, the Kyber Pass was something that allowed people to go from the east to the west of like Eurasia. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I guess so. Okay, but like, uh, yeah. but shut up. Still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we, we get it. Ezra. But um, yeah, so that that one, that part was cool. Um, all in all, it's like a good vibe. Like, it's definitely like a song you want to hear on your walk home on a Friday. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I think I even. I had class, but I had listened to it beforehand, and I was it was like in my head on the way back. Yeah, so like, it was like cool. I don't think I've ever like been in a bad mood while listening to this album. Like I don't know, like I don't think. Yeah, I, I don't. I, it's like, a cure to yeah. There's some, there's some <laughs> albums like the cure, like disintegration. Like I get kind of sad when I listen to that music. <laughs> yeah, that, that um, is a sad. Yeah, yeah. And there's like other ones where it's like you know versatile. Like I uh, could be happy, could be sad while listening to you know. Yeah, but with. Vampire Weekend, it's like, especially this album is just so, yeah, happy and uplifting. And it's like, even like, uh, the, like the kids don't stand a chance. That last one's kind of sadder, but it's like, or slower. But even then, it's like, it's, it's, it's still, a vibe, it's, dude. it's, it's a still, vibe. it's still a vibe. Definitely a vibe. Up next is my favorite song off the album, Campus. 
So this is the one where he talks about getting like the cold shoulder from a girl, like waking up in a room and like mm. throwing on a shirt and then just like walking around and like seeing her around and just like yeah. the emotional pain from that. He's like, how can I, oh, what's the line? Like, how I think I might, how, uh, how am I supposed to pretend that I don't want to see, see you again? again. Oh, that that gosh, part's yeah. so good because that, that lyric is repeated twice in the stanza mm. and it's, it's, um, it's very like punk rock. Like you could see that in like I don't know. Have you ever heard? I think I've showed you a song by the Swimmers. You might have, uh, I don't but know yeah, but um, it's a very like that could be like a Swimmers line in one of their like neo punk yeah, um, yeah. songs. So that was really cool. I like I like this song a lot because not only is the message like actually understandable opposed to some of the other songs, the vibe is good and you can like you feel what he feels like one of the coolest parts that really doesn't have much significance um but is a u- unique thing that they add especially at the outro mm-hmm. is like i see you on what's what's the area of a, a campus where the grass is what's like there's a slang term for oh, it. oh i was like quad i don't know yeah yeah quad, i think yeah oh, oh no wait I don't even know if he says that, but it's like, I see you on the stone after school. I see you on the stone and grass, oh. um, but I'm sleeping on the, what's it called? Uh, I'm sleeping on the balcony is what it says. Yeah. I'm sleeping on the balcony after class. So you could see like, he, he just like, isn't in the mood, but like this girl that he was with and wants to be with is just like being fine with like nature. And like, you could see that there's like a happier vibe where she is than where yeah, he is. He's very so like, like, she's not she has no emotional qualms from like yeah. that situation, but he is just like kind of falling. It's like apart. his self-imposed like imprisonment, you know, like I, you definitely like, you're like this person obviously doesn't want me, but I'm going to yeah. force myself to stand here and look at them to make myself sad. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, they don't know I'm here, but they're having yeah. a fun time. And so it's their fault that I feel bad. Yeah. You know? It's, it's an interesting, interesting concept. But then one of the other cool lyrics a little bit earlier in the song is, he doesn't say like in reference to this girl, but it's like I, I believe believed. He says, um, "Cruel professor studying romances," mm-hmm. which is really unique because it's like this person's like oh, just some some girl who's trying to like mess with me to understand like the boy's mind or something like that. Yeah, doesn't yeah. doesn't even want to like have a relationship, but it's just like getting with. Me. It's like it's it's a very odd idea to yeah. explain for this situation. But it makes a lot of yeah. sense. So you're saying that like she's the cruel professor. And that, she's the cruel yeah, professor. That's something. And like, just like studying him instead of like getting to know him. Yeah, that's funny because like like what I've said before is that that yeah I take this very face value and you know I started listening to this album when I was in like middle school. So I definitely now that you're going back again, I can see like now that I'm in college, I can see some of the yeah what they're yeah. referencing and things obviously that I didn't like understand. And so yeah, then I always thought I thought of this more as. I thought of it more as just he's like walking across campus and the things he sees and he's trying yeah. to avoid a person. And so I thought he legitimately saw a prof- <laughs> like the professor. He didn't like just it was just like like he was just naming things he saw. And one yeah. was like, oh, I see a professor studying romances. Uh, I spoke a fear on your cafe. Yeah. And then I <laughs> um, which I dude, I love that line. <laughs> is is that supposed to be I spill spill coffee? On, no, I, like, I, uh, if I remember correctly, right. They're just two uh, other foreign things. Fear is a fermented milk drink, and cafe. Uh, if I'm, yeah, 
a kefiyah is yeah, some is a uh, <laughs> it's it's a type of Arab oh, headdress. Uh, oh, so it's um, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> so it's just another like weird uh like sort of foreign thing he throws in there. Yeah. I, um, like for example, uh, like the Kyber Pass or whatever. That's how yeah, I like it. one of those. Kind he's of just, he's just trying to flex on us. Yeah, because you know? oh. did I did I mention how he like studied like sort of like African music? Yeah, and, and yeah. it's 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 definitely seen. There's one song where I'll talk about it later where that um some be- some people believe that it, it's a song about Africa, but I I don't believe it is at all. Okay. Um, but I'll talk about it. Okay, next song, um, Brian. Um, so this one's actually just, I think I was reading up about it. It's just about like a friend that he has who's just like very open and nice and stuff. Mm. Like you always see like past my, you see past the fireflies like in my heart or something. He says like that, like saying that he's just like emo kind of guy, but this person's always happy and nice and stuff. Cause I think a lot of, some of the other songs he has named after people that he knows, but that's stories aren't about like that actual person or he yeah, references yeah. a person he knows or references like a fake name to a person he knows. But this one's like actually about a person named yeah, Brian. Like later very... in uh, the modern vampires of the city, there's Hannah Hunt. Yeah, ex- which, that's exactly what that's, I'm Yeah, that's a real person, but apparently her name is Hannah Hunt and he just changed it. Yeah, me. and um, I don't, uh, that story, like that, I don't think it's, it's relevant con- to her. not consistent with her. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's just, uh, just borrowing the name. Yeah, I actually, is that the second album or the third? That's the third one. The second one is Contra. Yeah, I don't think I've listened to either of those. I listened to Contra a lot as well. I kind of skipped yeah, Modern Vampires, um, but I went back and I th- there's yeah. definitely good songs on it. Yeah. I don't like it as much as the other three. Um, because I think Contra's 10 year anniversary was like a couple days ago. I saw it on yeah, my friend's yeah. story. I should have celebrated that. What, look, what look it up. I think, I think, I think, I think you're I, right. I, I think I saw Ezra post about it. Um, all right, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, well, we'll say that it was. T- it, well, it was. It was recent it, enough that. Uh, yeah, it must. It must yeah. have been. You should go um, out and listen to Contra. It's a very good album. Yeah. Okay. So here's a song we referenced earlier. One, Blake's got a new face. Yes. This one makes no sense, really. Uh, it's lyrically wise. It's it's a very um, catchy song. Yeah. The, yeah. the the way it's sung is very unique. Mm-hmm. It's a backup si- uh, singer is usually backup singers. If the singer's an alto, they're like a soprano, like a, a like an octave or a couple notes lower. Mm-hmm. But this one, they're actually higher. Um, okay. So it's not t- like totally unfamiliar to the area of music, but it, it's it's pretty interesting, Unique, especially yeah. for this uh, for this album for this band. I liked it a lot. Um, I thought this song was just about like a girl named Blake who got a nose job. That's exactly because there's like one part where he says like I don't want to bring it up. I read one thing that Blake was the person singing the song and he didn't want to bring up to the girl that like he got a nose job like he did. <laughs> like I have a feeling that would be the first thing. Okay. It, like if like if you were a guy that would be the first thing a girl would say to you. But if you were a guy and you saw a girl that got a nose yeah, job, you, you would never wanna... bring it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that's funny because that's like yeah, like I said when I first listened to all of it, that's like. I, cause I thought Blake was a guy mm-hmm. when I, when I first listened to it, and I thought it was like. At first, yeah, I thought it was gibberish, and then I was like, "Oh, plastic surgery exists," and I thought, "Oh, he got like plastic surgery." And then once we learned that it was like, or that I learned the song was like, or this album was influenced by Lost Boys, I, without looking at the lyrics, I just kind of assumed that it was something saying like, "Oh, 
he like you see the person after they turn into a vampire oh. and they have like their face changed. That's what I thought, but I haven't looked at the lyrics to see if that's consistent. Yeah. But that's what my yeah, my armchair theory is. That would be funny. Um because like, yeah, there's like the scene when like you see the older brother and he's like Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, You're a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you, my own brother. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna tell <laughs> mom <laughs> You're gonna get grounded. Oh, yeah, um, that's funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So the next song is, I would say, the second song that actually has a message that's clear. Um, it's I Stand Corrected. This one's one of their more slow songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it a lot, though. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it, it uh, it's an interesting one, but it's basically like, I stand corrected. I've said some stuff that's not too great. Yeah. Like I'm apologizing, apologizing for it. So I thought that it was pretty good. Like it was interesting. Like good message, good song for it. It's a it's a banger, I guess. It's a good one, yeah. It's it's that's a yeah a calm one, definitely a calm one. Yeah, it's a palate cleanser. Yeah, yeah. Or an ear cleanser or something like yeah. that. Um, okay, Walcott is the next song. This one's really good. I like it a lot. One of the cool things is, it starts off with like a melody started by the piano. And then near like where it's it's amping up, it's actually that melody is transitioned to the guitar yeah. and transitions very well because the way they play the guitar so high up, well I guess on the, yeah like so, with the notes that are so high, it doesn't sound like you're switching instruments. It sounds like if you were to do some special setting on the on a piano, but just knowing that it is guitar is very interesting. Yeah, um, like you can you can tell like. If they were playing this live, like people would be jumping up and down, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so this one's the one where it talks more about um, Cape Cod. So kind of more about the idea of having a really rich person that's not used to like living a normal life mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's like... Wait, sorry, did we move on from Walcott? This is Walcott. Oh, this is a Walcott. This is a Walcott. Sorry, I, yeah. I, I got lost in this trans. Tra- yeah, it's I like, think about what I want to say. Well, Walcott, yeah. I want to make sure. Um, so it's like, don't you want to get out of Cape Cod? Get a, get out of Cape Cod tonight. Yeah. That, that, that one. Um, so wait, so, you're saying you think it's about a, a, rich, a rich person? Yeah. Um, well, Walcott was apparently the name of what they were going to have their main character of their movie was going to be. Oh, really? Yeah, and so... Walcott, he was going to be played by Ezra. Again, they made like no effort to actually film the movie, but it was going to be played by Ezra. And I think the plot was was that he had to go, like, warn the mayor about the vampire problem or something. So I think huh. that's what they're like. Oh, do you need to get out of Cape Cod to leave to go tell, bring the message? Oh, okay. Yeah. I think yeah. I don't necessarily know like with that part of the plot. I think it could also work like if that if that character was very rich, like this would make sense. Because, yeah. like, a lot of, it says, like, and also to the plot, I guess, it leads to another rendition. Of oh, yeah, I mean, part. now that I'm, like, that's what I remember, um, and that's, like, something I think I read from, like, Genius. Yeah. But, I mean, some of these definitely lend to itself to, yeah, talking about, uh, Bottleneck is a shit show, Hyannis Port is a ghetto, like, yeah. you need to get out. Yeah, and that, this is the one thing I thought is, um, with, like, those references, and, like, Screw the people from like this town. Screw the yeah, people from the this other town. town. He yeah, wouldn't take flight. Yeah, um, I think uh, one of that things is how yeah. how the development of a person in these areas is so detrimental because they don't really understand the real world, 
which coming from New Jersey is nice that New Jersey is the alternative. So New Jersey is the real world. But um, <laughs> uh, so it's interesting that they that he says that with this idea of what this reading of the song, it is consistent with some of his other songs, especially with the next song, which I'll talk about. It was it's it's interesting. The cool thing about this song musically as well to the piano um, guitar transition is it um, repeats four times the walkout, don't you want to get out of here, blah, blah, but it crescendos, which is very unique. So it crescendos like every repeat. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was cool. It, it, that, that was cool listening to it and like putting a lot of emphasis on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this one's probably... I think this one would be a sleeper to see live, especially like yeah. in a basement show or something like that, because I feel like this one would be like everyone would be going crazy for this one. Yeah, yeah. I think the other ones are not as much like rave ones as this one, but like, you know, what I, mean. I really like, yeah, it's I've definitely not one that rave, I think so can't even <laughs> talk about rave. it's definitely not one that you think of right away. I'm right now trying to find the set list of what they play when I was there. I saw them, and I don't remember them playing Wall. Oh no, they did play Wall Cap right, right towards the end. That yeah, was at yeah. uh, the fest, music festival. Though. I think they played a good amount. I'm looking. What at. songs did they end with after Wall Cut? Run, which is off Contra, and then yep. Worship You off of Modern Vampires of the City. So huh. uh, two, uh, Run is good. Worship You, I don't know off the top of my head. It's, yeah. yeah, they had some good stuff. Yeah, that's that's cool. Hey, right, so we've gone to the last song of yes, the album. Yes, yes, yes. Kids don't stand a chance. So, well, the kids don't stand a chance. This one, I was reading like the genius like blog on it, and they were saying that this was about like European, European development of Africa, or um, Europeans taking control of Africa, mm. and I didn't buy that because, to be honest, there's only one reference of Africa. And it was like Egyptian cotton, which I could say as rather yeah. a reference to Africa would be a reference to wealthy, like a wealthy mm-hmm. class, like clothing of some sort. It's referenced in other parts. I, I don't have the quotes up on my paper, but um, that this is definitely more about students at Columbia or these other rich schools that won't be able to survive the real world. And it's 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 fairly clear if you put some emphasis into the lyrics, thinking about that, thinking about the other points that Ezra has been has brought up and the the other songs that I've been talking about. Thinking about this one as a closer is very unique. It's very soft as a closer, which I think is uh, yeah a fitting way to end the album. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking at the lyrics right now, and now I'm trying to somehow draw yeah draw a line because they're talking about because what you said was about like essentially colonialism in Africa. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm seeing because well let's see pinstripe men of mourning uh, are coming yeah, to dance yeah I I session. that those are some of the, the there's a I want to say three lines maybe about pinstripe clothing yeah. of some sort I so don't that, like, understand gives that the, well that would give me uh image of like let's see pinstriped apparently it's supposed to be like, like Belgium oh, okay that gives that, me an idea like an so, army uniform coming in and then you have uh then what's it talk about like all the way from France with shiny shiny cufflinks and so, so it's that like, that come, doesn't make sense like I guess it could be like they're from France and their soldiers wearing that. But I think that's more of like a luxury. Um, but the other thing I thought about pinstripe was uh, Yankee jerseys. Um, you think like the New York Yankees are colonizing Africa? <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought it, it, it um, it's kind of 
you know, probably a bunch of rich kids who go to the Yankee games all the time or something like that. It's a possibility. Okay, so let's see. Read the lyrics again, if you don't mind. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Because <laughs> this may, might mean no, no sense. I'm just pulling okay. stuff out of my head. Yeah, devastating backstroke all the way from France with shiny, shiny cufflinks, a shirt sleeve to enhance. Mm, dev- yeah, that's that's the tough one to decipher. The I'm the because I'm like picking things out. The one that caught my eye was, I didn't like the business, but that was at first glance. Your pillows feel so soft. Your pillow feels so soft now, but still you must advance. And going from that Africa thing, that makes me think it's like oh. Like, oh, I didn't like the idea of colonizing them, but now we have this great, like, Egyptian cotton, which is giving me a good pillow to sleep on. So, like, you're like, oh, yeah, it's so great, but you still have to advance society and, like, pass all, like, the atrocities that you had yeah. to get there. Yeah, I, I see that, but what I read that as was, um, what's it? Um, we have, like, you have all these fine luxuries, but you'll still have to, like, go out into the real world and, like, figure yourself out, and yeah. you're just living, like, this fake... In this up, fake shield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm pulling up Genius right now. And it's, it's the, like Pinstripe is like the businessman, yeah. I don't know. It's it's uh, it's it's a little it's it's just as oh my gosh, like they have citations and stuff, it's already so there's conjecture in there as well. They don't know what it means. They're like the white could refer to a flag, like the white paper, or it could yeah. refer to his uh college diploma. And you're like, Oh well Yeah, well that that's that that part <coughs> I kind of agree with that part with the college diploma because it said like piece of paper shot to pieces and it's like yeah you have a college diploma but like you don't have skills maybe yeah, in, in yeah. that idea that could be what he's going for um, so yeah i think that's the end yeah, of the album i think we're yeah should uh, i are we going to give full review or do you want to wait till the end we'll give reviews for each uh i'm like looking at the time right now and i'm a little scared so i'm gonna try to crank out as many like I'll, I'll go through my trip, my list, and then we'll give closing remarks about it. All right. And then we'll uh, I we'll think we can go from there. It. All right, cool. Let me uh, find you. Yeah, that sounds All right, good. Great. So, first song off of London Calling is the title song, London Calling. Beautiful song to open with. Sets the tone about, especially with the message about the entire album is going to be. It says it calls out specific references. Uh, Beetle, hopefully Beatlemania is dead. Isn't that it? Oh, surely Beatlemania is a bit in the dust. So saying, yeah, yeah, like forget the old, the old first wave. Like we are, we're the new Britain. We're we're yeah. we represent the current youth because that was a big battle going on. Oh yeah, yeah. The the baseline is so iconic, and really, yeah, simple enough, but still just draws you in. And one thing I think is really cool learning about the bassist is that he didn't know how to play the bass when he first joined. Yeah, he literally had to paint like color onto his like bass guitar on their first gig because he just didn't know the notes, which I think is like. So honestly, like so inspirational for anyone that wants to get into music and you're like, because, you know, I'm, you know, very scared of that because, you know, I, I'm like media, like low mediocre at guitar. And, you know, there's people that have been playing since they're like three and, you know, can do a Beethoven's concerto on their guitar, you know, from memory. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, to be successful and to just to be good enough to make songs that people like, you can start whenever. So I really like that. Yeah. Beautiful bass line, hard rock. Good, and. And probably one of the punkiest songs on the album, I, th- I think. Yeah, not not too reggae influenced, but definitely deserving of the longevity that it has oh, yeah. to stand. Uh, the next one is Brand New Cadillac, which I think is a funny one to follow up. The first one, because uh, it, well, it definitely has a very surf rock feel to it at oh, the yeah. beginning uh, w- with the bass line in it. And that reminds me, uh, just the title of it. 
you remember the story about their first drummer that left because he got an argument over them over wanting to buy a, a car with the money that they made. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the whole, I'm not going to try to rehash the entire Clash podcast here, but again, it's very interesting to get to know all these characters and that, the, yeah, they're real people and like, it gives, yeah, it gives a new dimension to uh, the lives they lived and what influenced different things. So, Brandon Cadillac, oh, let me look up the lyrics for that real quick, but um, yeah, still hard rock. I like it. Yeah, very surfy, and I, I don't know if I'd say, like, it's good, but, like, when I'm, like, comparing it to some of these other ones, I, yeah. I don't know if it's... Yeah, usually, if if I hear Brando Cadillac or Coca-Cola, I usually skip them. Yeah, yeah. Like, sometimes I'll keep them, because I'm in the mood, but... Yeah. Balls to you, Big Daddy. Oh, my. What a, what a line. What a line in the song. Going the man. Yeah. So, yeah, good song. I don't know if it, it was deserving of the second slot but still good jimmy jazz i like that's the first one that really i think breaks the tune like yeah like takes a step back away from the hard the abrasiveness and the aggressiveness mm-hmm. of the earlier songs yeah it's softer it's groovier and it's about you know uh yeah being being a friend <laughs> to uh <laughs> to like the police come in looking for their he's like oh I, I don't know where jimmy jazz is and they let him go run after it which i think is funny and also you know while while it's not as aggressive or punk rock in its musicality in the lyrics it's still like she giving it to the man and saying like you know i'm not yeah. i'm not telling you where my boy yeah. is uh so yeah really good and uh definitely one that i didn't one of the ones that, definitely one that i appreciate more now mm-hmm. uh than i did when i first listened to the album when i was like 12 yeah hateful that's a song i wrote down sing along that's one that like i can feel myself like yeah. uh still very reggae skull skull influence but that's something that like like I said, with these names, it's hard to remember the exact actual, actual song. Uh, but I remember, like, when I heard it, I was like, oh, this is one that I really, like, yeah, really get, can get behind and I can sing along. And I can imagine being there live and shouting it and just. You know, That's one of the things that I think they do very well throughout, like, most of their songs. And I think it's very clear in this song, but also in London Calling, is they when you're listening to them, even when it's not live, it feels like it's live. They You can yeah, feel yeah. the mannerisms through the way they're pronouncing stuff. Who their their tone it's really cool yeah yeah um next up is rudy which is still uh kind of kind of bumpy yeah yeah <laughs> i know it's... uh which i i assigned our, i think it was uh, the name rudy i think it is very comes up a lot in scott because i don't think it's actually a name i think if i remember correctly rudy is the name of um yeah it's some sort of it's, it's like a position a person had essentially which makes it sound oh, like, really um, oh. if i remember uh, if i remember correctly but yeah, the reason is you would you would like hire a person to like show up at like events or like at a concert or something, and then I think either you'd hire them to like you know start like yeah that that's well I'll speak while you're looking it up. Yeah. I really like the song. Yeah, it's always one like I'll blast it. Yeah, it's it's and it's one that you you kind of don't think it, it. First time I heard it, I didn't think it was off this album. I actually thought it was off. A later album because it's it's one of the ones that sounds really good even though it's not like anything crazy yeah okay so rudy is a uh, derives from rude boy which started in jamaica and it's essentially just fans of ska and so it's <laughs> it, it it started in jamaica and then of course it was then came to got it 
of the UK, which of course was in the yeah. middle of like, it's like mod and skin skinhead cultures, which is something I also started to look into when you know you look into that time period because there's also like this song like a message to you, Rudy, and I'm sure there's a couple other ones, but that's yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's not actually a person named yeah. Rudy. It's it's what, a um, it's like a. Well, a lot of bands have done that cover. I want to say the English beat. Yeah, is like one. They're like they're most famous for that. Yeah, going back to the podcast, it's interesting how they, they like this. The skinheads wanted to have like the Clash as their soundtrack, mm-hmm. but the Clash was like, no, like we don't like you at all or what you stand for, um, <laughs> even though they love their music. So they're like, ah, yeah, no, go mess. Yeah, but yeah, go on. Yeah, uh, Spanish bombs. I think that's another one, one of the ones I really knew uh, before going into us. And yeah, I really like it. Not not as abrasive or hard, but still uh, still driving beat with, yeah, fun. Uh, when they when you hear these guys like speak Spanish, uh, and they do it in a couple <laughs> songs because they also do it. Uh, Should I say or should I go? Yeah, which is I I think was strangely one of like the most genius things they've ever done because it just yeah. like had that was like so, <laughs> so great because it's like yeah you know it's like broken Spanish that they got <laughs> over the phone from yeah, one of their like they, moms or something. Uh, yeah, I think it was one of their roadies' grandma yeah. lived in Guatemala. And so <laughs> they asked her to, yeah, to translate it. Well, um, that, yeah, but it's, it's fun, yeah, because their voices are so unique for an, an American ear. Yeah. So I love that song. Next one is Right Profile, which I wrote down as very reggae, yeah, very offbeat. So, yeah, it's, it's funny. It's, it, it's, it's this juxtaposition of having the album with such a hard, yeah, like rock and roll cover with that has these songs mixed in that are very, you know, you can almost sort of like imagine listening to him like on the beach you know to some yeah. like to some extent like if you just took out like totally. only the reggae like the, the more reggae ones like you could easily just play this at like you know at like a tiki hut or something yeah and um not saying they're bad but like yeah again like not listening to the lyrics like just the 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 guitar yeah you could, you could easily cover, cover it and you wouldn't have to stretch that far to make it uh much more relaxed and more reggae oh yeah and then uh next up is my actually my my favorite song off the album which is lost in the supermarket which is yeah so that one like i could listen on repeat it's so oh yeah it's so amazing and then i also like it because the lyrics of this one are i think are so poignant because it's about oh, yeah. um him growing up and you know yeah i wasn't born so much as i fell out yeah <laughs> so crazy it's a, it, yeah and yeah he goes to the supermarket and he's just lost and then <laughs> He just he just like stays there, and which is this about Paul or I think it's Joe. Joe, okay. I think it's Joe. It's really yeah one one of the ones that I, yeah I would love to play, and it's lyrics as well as this beautiful guitar and drums like back it up. Of uh, you really feel the struggle. Next up is the clampdown. Yes, the clampdown was very political. Uh, they talked about that in yeah I learned about that. About the problem they had, like, uh, was it, I think, like, Margaret Thatcher? Was that at the time? Was that her? Oh, yeah. Um, I think it was, yeah, it was in response to her, and so it was very anti, uh, yeah, talking about, like, working for the clampdown. So this one, I liked, I, I didn't like it as much because of the, uh, I don't know, like, like some, some like the, uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's, I'm, 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 I'm Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. I know, the, like, the, um, kind of the fall of the song. The yeah, beat of the, the, the song. fall of the beat, exactly. yeah, yeah. yeah. Wasn't a huge. I liked it for the first time, but then it's like to listen to it again. Not, not, yeah, not a huge fan. Uh, yeah. Guns of Brixton. I said I wrote down deceivingly reggae, and this was actually one of the more yeah. dystopian uh, feeling songs out of them. Yeah, yeah, you really feel like like listening to the Clash. You feel like you know, like Britain's like a war field. You know, <laughs> like yeah, just like you know, no, 
no chance of survival. Everyone's having an awful time. It's raining yeah. all the time. And yeah, so like two very political songs back to back. Yeah, I one of the things that's really unique about Guns of Brixton is one, it's written by Paul and it's sung by Paul, um, and it very heavy on the bass, like like most of their songs. But this message is all about like the anger that people that the the Clash really represent those people that are forgot forgotten in Britain. And at this time, it, it's a time of great poverty for Britain. It's it's a lot of people they're talking you're talking about that are disadvantaged in their financial situations mm-hmm. and it's like yeah we're not going to give up our freedoms we're not going to give in to you like you've been screwing us over yeah like i love this whenever i i this one comes up i like blast and i scream the lyrics mm-hmm. but yeah this is i i like this one a lot like our, what what's the lyric oh with your hands on your head or on the trigger of your gun so, like great great lyric like and, yeah you're gonna yeah. fight or you're gonna go yeah yeah but yeah go on and then next up is the uh, wrong Boyo, which i is yeah. one of the more upbeat and kind of uplifting songs on the album i don't yeah. know if you really have i didn't look into the lyrics of this one too much but yeah it has like organ in it and it's kind of uh, yeah it seems kind of more fun out of some of the other ones next one is i wrote down this my number two off the album death or glory which I was just like, that's, oh, that's yeah, just yeah. a straight anthem. Like that's it um, is, it is, you know, yeah. That's something you know that I, I, you know, makes me want to go riot. Honestly, <laughs> like it's like it's it, it really encapsulates. You know, it's it's very not a groundbreaking sentiment that you're like, yeah, death yeah. and glory or death before dishonor. Just yeah, just uh, so emphatically say it in the song, and it's yeah, yeah, and then uh, yeah. It's great. I, I like. I used to take. I would queue up Spanish bombs and death, death and glory, just like multiple times each in a row. Oh and I would just on a short car ride. I would just listen to that like over and over again. <laughs> How uh, did you not like my Spanish the government <laughs> <laughs> when that's like all you listen to? <laughs> my um my AP government uh, speeches were a little bit weird that year. I will say that <laughs> you're like, <laughs> you guys are all working for the clampdown. <laughs> yeah. Next one is coca-cola uh i wrote sweet and hard complimentary as my quick notes yeah this yeah. this one's unique because it kind of gives a vibe to what sandinista is going to be with the opening where they have the elevator and it's like elevator going up yeah and um and, but i i i'm not a big fan of this song i hate to say it i i do like it it has definitely has a, a good message uh for the clash but yeah. uh Next is, was that the the card cheat, which felt like another that is, I felt like it was another anthem type of song, and the guitar was really good on it. The solo work because I don't think you got it as as much in the earlier songs. Okay, and then, so card cheat, yeah, really great guitar. That I don't think is showcased as well in the earlier songs, but yeah, still. Very poignant, much uh, an anthem. Great song. Uh, next one is Lover's Rock, which is very self-describing in its name. It's you know, yeah. softer rock, but still, st- you still get the feeling that it's like, you know, you get the feeling of the punk, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. which is, it, it's, I think one of the really cool things about what The Clash does with this album is that it takes multiple different music styles and uses it to convey the same message. And that really oh, yeah. kind of surprises you, like, you know, because you expect it to all be the same. It's like, no, we can still tell you how much we hate the government while being, you know, 
doing the offbeats. Yeah. Um, so really great. Next one, Four Horsemen. Uh, I'll go a little faster for these next three. But uh, I said, yeah, Pump and Beat. Uh, good song. Um, I'm Not Down. Uh, I like that one. I'm Not Down? Yeah, I think I think that one's definitely more of like an anthem one as well. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it as well. Um, next one is Revolution Rock, which is the name. Yeah, says it all. I, yeah, but I said that was very reggae, though. Very reggae. For a song yeah. in uh, rock. Very reggae. Good stuff. I did enjoy it. And we'll close with Train in Vain, which is, funnily enough, one of the more famous sections of the album when it wasn't even listed on the original album. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a hidden uh, hidden thir- uh, 13th track. No, probably more than that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, hidden, hidden extra track, which I thought was really funny. Because it's now definitely one of their more known songs. Yeah, I would say. And so one thing they talked about in the podcast is like mm-hmm. why I forget who it was. It was probably like Mick mm-hmm. wrote the song about one of the girls that he dated from the Slits, which was the band they toured with. Yeah, yeah. And how like oh you're leaving me and yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, so I thought that was really great, and it's also very, very upbeat. Yeah, yeah. For uh, it's a uh, like I'm I'm not. I'm not going to be messed with you for leaving me. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, da, da, da. oh, yeah, it's it's just it's a good one. It's it's another one that, like, I think a theme that we've been talking about today is, like, listening to the lyrics separately, or, like, not like not paying attention to, like, the lyrics or, like, something. And I think this song definitely is one where um, it just, yeah, it yeah. just feels happy and it can get you upbeat. You know, this is this is just a chilling song. I'll say, like, my, yeah, my top three in the album are probably Lost in the Supermarket, Death or Glory, and then probably uh, that's tough to pick. Tough to pick because this is uh, such a great album. I think my third one is Rang and Boyo. I really like that one. So okay. those are my top yeah, three. Because I'm yeah, also I trying not to be that. too mainstream with like London Calling or Train in Vain. Those because mm-hmm. from this list and through since they were so new and fresh to me, that's why I like yeah. them so much. Yeah, I, I feel that. I feel that. Okay, so we want to give uh, grades to these albums. Yeah. Um, I can I can go first. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, please. All right. So I think you had said you'd give this a ten out of ten. Yes. Yes. That's. I okay. So vibe wise, definitely ten out of ten. Okay. Lyric wise, maybe a seven. Okay. Uh, okay. Like, I would say the, he picks it up in some of those songs. Like definitely, like campus sticks out. Walcott, uh, what's it called? Yeah, kids don't stand a chance, and maybe Oxford comma. Even like I just vibe with the with some of the lyrics. Some of the other ones are just like, yeah, it was a waste of time for me to look into these. Um, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no problem. But yeah, vibe wise, so I think overall, I I definitely give it a nine point five. Okay. So being a little okay. li- little picky there. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, I I completely understand that. Like, it yeah. seems like you know from what we've talked about, sort of you uh, really value like the the message that a song yeah. tries to make, and I think this one really uh, revels in the fact that it doesn't really have a message. Yeah, specific. It, it it displays the message with the vibe more than the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think this album is definitely one of the more musically ambitious and um, creative things that, that I would ever expect from. If you were just like, oh yeah, this like '80s rock band, I I would not. Uh, yeah, you know, I would not expect this from any of this. And it's like they consistently get songs that are uh, anthems can get you like shouting can get you pumped up really keeping it simple the whole time yeah um so uh really great musically on all aspects definitely like and especially just the plethora of songs they have it shows if if anyone at this point is that that like 
the the Clash's ability to write a song. You know that they're they're like a one hit or anything. Like you know, obviously you can't you just can't say that. Yeah. Like of you know, is their third album they can still put out like twenty odd songs yeah. that are all uh, you know. Yeah, because I, I, yeah, some of these songs I was like, oh, I didn't vibe them, but none of them really felt like filler, you know? Yeah. None of them felt like, oh, this is just kind of like a simple song. I mean, yeah. Maybe one, maybe Cadillac, but like besides that, you know, they're, yeah. they're all, they're all solid, all have significant messages, socially relevant, all good stuff. The only thing I'm not a fan of is the length. But it's like that—that's where you get in the conundrum. You're like, do I want? You're like, why would? Why would the yeah. lane, Why would having more good music be a bad thing? You know? <laughs> you're like, I, like yeah. if they release as two separate albums, I, would I give both albums a ten? A bit of a problem with the length, but honestly, I I would stand behind a ten rating of this album. I think it's it's really something that I'm definitely you know it motivated me. It literally motivated me to like Check start out yeah, stuff. yeah yeah oh and yeah to and, start playing guitar again yeah. and start really like working on it and um. Yeah, for something to like motivate me like that, you know, obviously like to make me have a change in my life. Yes, I would say that's a terrible. Oh, yeah. So now we're into the exciting part of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> this is the part where we give each other our albums that we want. Um, you want to rock paper scissors for who goes first? Yeah, okay. uh, one out of one. Rock, rock paper, paper scissors, scissors rock. Shoot. Wait, false. I can't. <laughs> I was meant to say rock. He said but rock, I, and he I, threw I, out paper, <laughs> and I threw out rock. So I think he. Oh, you can go, dude. Okay, why <laughs> you, you not? play some mind tricks, but it worked out. <laughs> um, okay. Um, so I'm going to give you "Unknown Pleasures" by Joy Division. Have okay. You... Okay. That's um, this one. It's, it's the, with famous... the waves and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's actually the radio. I think the radiograph of an exploding star. Oh. Um, which I would love to talk about at some point. All right. Yeah, ten yeah. songs, thirty nine minutes. Uh, definitely a far cry from like the two hour <laughs> Clash the special shallow. edition. Yeah. But I had, but um, I I would say this is Joy Division and New Order. So I'll talk about the history of Joy Division New Order later. I'd say Joy Division is one of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. So this is this is this album. I I don't know if it's my favorite of their albums. They really only had two. Well, yeah, they did only have two. But uh, their their next album, I would say I like a little bit more. But this album is really good. Um, yeah. So I'm excited yeah. to see what you think. Hmm. I actually just switched my mind about what album to give you. Just okay. from what you're talking about, so originally I was going to give you one that I recently fell in love with, but I think I'm, I'll give you one, one that I've liked. Pull it up. It's called "Good News for People Who Love Bad News" by Modest Mouse, and I have a painting of it on my wall. Oh. And it's actually one of uh, one of my favorite albums of all time. I it's this is one where it's like my favorite, but I acknowledge that it's not a ten. I acknowledge that it's hmm. not, like I know that there's parts in it that there's weird songs, there's weird things. It's one of the ones where there's you know, weird voices and stuff, but some some just it's some of those things are just so uh, you know. I feel. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like like I can I'll like legitimately cry while listening to it. Like it's yeah, like, it's that uh, it's that moving to me. Um, so like well, the first week I gave you uh, Midnight Marauders, and I was a little scared that I was going to put you outside of your comfort zone, but luckily you came around to it, and I I from unless you lied to me, you really enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> So with this one, I'm kind of pushing my limits to see if you'll come back and be like, Kieran, what did you make me listen to for like a week? But I think, yeah, I'm I'm, 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 I'm open to see because I, I don't think I've really since like my middle school girlfriend made another person listen to Modest Mouse for me. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, listen to this. And she's like, OK, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what your uh, what you'll take away from it. Yeah. 
Like I'm, I'm familiar with the band. I'm definitely not familiar with this album, so I'm excited to check it yeah. out. Yeah, this was kind of like, this album was kind of the, I would say the cusp between their like commercial success, uh, because like they, they were like underground success, un, uh, yeah, underground for a while, success uh, full there, and then they made this album which had Float On, which was the, you know their most oh, yeah. known song of all time, and then I think a lot of people kind of put that as like. A marker and they don't like like anything after that because they think they're oh. like which is kind of sucks because like i really like everything they've done after that yeah and yeah. i don't really i feel like all their earlier I, again i'll talk about this next time i feel like the earlier stuff kind of like all sounds the same to me this i feels like the good like this is like the the, the, start golden, the, the golden time like this album yeah. and then the one after that are like the golden time where it's like they they took the ideas yeah took their old ideas made it into something good and then when they their most recent one i think they start to get a little too mainstream but yeah i digress we can talk all about all about modest mouse next uh episode thank you for uh yeah. talking with me and thank, thank you, you for all listening for listening we encourage you to listen along with us and yeah i you hope know. you have been enjoying these albums as much as we have hopefully more down the line these will uh will be something that we can keep on for a while hopefully we'll uh c- kind of mix it around hopefully it, uh, it turns into something cool yeah all right all peace right.